Bibles. First, we're going to go, well, both scriptures are from the Old Testament, from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 29, 18. Proverbs is found right after Psalms. So if you could keep your finger there, Proverbs 29, 18. And then go to Habakkuk. Old Testament, one of the 12 minor prophets. So Proverbs 29, 18, keep your finger there. And then go down a little bit to Habakkuk, chapter 2, verses 1. We're going to read 1, 2, and 3. Okay. 29, 18. And depending on your version, it might read a little different. Where there is no revelation or no vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps God's instructions. And then we go to the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, Write down the vision or the revelation. Make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Amen. In the movie Alice in Wonderland, an interesting conversation takes place between Alice and the cat. She asked him, would you tell me please which way I ought to go from here? Well, that depends a good deal on where you want to get to, answered the cat. She responded, I don't much care where. The cat then replied, Then it doesn't matter which way you go from here. The Word of God reminds us of this exact principle. In order to fulfill the purpose of God for our lives, our families, our church, we must have a vision, a revelation. Without it, the Bible says, the people cast off restraint, NIV version, or the people run wild, NLT version, or run amok, let go, or let loose, the Amplify. Why? Because there is no divine guidance there is no direction. 
The Hebrew word for vision is hosan. It means to see or receive the revelation, to mentally perceive it or contemplate it with pleasure. It's important to notice that the vision the author of Proverbs, and that was King Solomon, is referring to is a God-given vision, not a man-given vision. A God-given vision is a divine revelation from God. Without it, we won't know where we're headed. A vision, a revelation from God, is a must for a person, a family, a church, who wants to make the difference in their community and the world. The desire to reach the goal gives them meaning. It motivates them to go on. It roots them and grounds them, giving them a solid foundation, which will enable the person or the church to persevere even amidst the storms of life. They will dream about the vision, they will visualize it and yearn for it, always knowing that it cannot be accomplished on their own, their own strength or their own might or their own intellect, but only by trusting the giver of the vision. Even under heavy persecution, the prophet Jeremiah did not give up his vision. As a matter of fact, he said, Lord, your word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. Jeremiah 20, verse 9. He couldn't get away from that vision. Joseph went from pit to pit to pit, but no obstacle could hold him back from the vision, the dream that God had given him. And then we read about Esther, a young orphan peasant girl who ended up in the palace. But once she got hold of the vision for her life, she risked it all. She got to the point that she said, if I perish, I perish. But basically, I'm going for it. Beloved, when we yield and commit to the vision that God has given us for our life, for our families, for our church, we see nothing else but his will. His vision activates us and gives us perseverance. We begin to walk by faith and not by sight. There's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be people that are going to tell you, well, that has never happened before. I mean, who do you think you are? I mean, look where you come from. They even did it to Jesus. 
They say, can something good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Pontevedra? I invite you, let's give him something to talk about. You see, once we get hold of that vision, our spiritual eyes are open to the invisible. And if we can see it, if we can believe it, then the impossible becomes possible. The supernatural presence of God will empower us to leave behind, to pursue his vision, just like Abraham did. He didn't know where he was going. He just had a call. And he decided to follow the call. The disciples of Jesus Christ must possess a sharp vision in order to keep the focus on the goal. Purpose gives our lives direction. Most of the time we live with what is presently happening to us rather than what is promised to us. When we live in the land of the present, without any hope or anticipation for the future or direction, we live as a product of the past. A great example of this is found in the book of Habakkuk. It was the year 607 B.C. The people of Judah had been running wild and unrestrained. Does that sound like something you already know is happening? A Babylonian invasion was impending. There was turmoil, violence, and moral decay in Judah. See, there's a connection between moral state and our level of submission to God's word. We're seeing it in our own nation. And due to the chaos in the land, Habakkuk was in great distress and confusion. He could not understand why a loving God would not intervene and put an end to all that chaos, to, to the social, spiritual, and political unrest. Why, God, why? When, God, when? Have you ever had those conversations with God? Furthermore, he wondered why a holy God would allow the wicked Babylonians to invade Judah. So Habakkuk, a mighty man of faith, obviously he had a very intimate relationship with God. He basically said, God, you and I need to have a conversation. And he took his, I would say, some, some people would say concerns, but I would dare say his complaints to the Lord. Now, this is a unique book in the Bible. It is the only one that, out of the three chapters, very short, it only has three chapters. The three chapters are about a dialogue between a man 
and God. Yes, there's other books in the Bible that have dialogues. Remember the book Job? He had a dialogue, but, but the whole book is not a dialogue like this one is. In the first chapter, Habakkuk brings his concerns or his complaints to the Lord. In the second chapter, God answers him. And in the third chapter, Habakkuk offers him a prayer. Habakkuk, whose name means to embrace or to wrestle, was just like Jacob in the book of Genesis. Remember Jacob? He wrestled with an angel. I love Jacob. I would love to meet him. He wrestled with that angel of God, and he said to him, he was bold. He said, you know what? I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Oh, what perseverance. Habakkuk wrestled with God until he received an answer. He said to God, I will stand at my watch. And I will station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what you say to me. I'm not going to move until I hear from you. Oh, if the people of God would have that boldness in them, that passion, that perseverance, that they would say, oh, God, I'm going to pray until you come through. I'm going to pray until I see the miracle. I'm going to pray until I see people coming to you. Habakkuk was determined to get an answer from God, no matter how long good took, God took to answer him. He was going to wait Biblical waiting is not sitting down doing nothing. No. When we wait for the Lord, we develop an attitude of expectation and anticipation. We open our hearts to his voice, trusting that he is going to answer, knowing that he is faithful. The Bible talks a lot about waiting on the Lord. In Isaiah 40, we read, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. David waited for the Lord. From the time that he received his anointed and was told that he was going to be king, 15 years went by until he became king. Joseph had the vision, the dream, and then he started going from pit to pit. I would have said, what is this? How much more? How long, Lord? And after 13 long years, he finally ended up in the palace, and the vision became a powerful reality. I imagine God loves it. When he sees this kind of determination in us, God responded to Habakkuk and said, Write the vision down, make it plain, so that those who read it can run with it. Once we receive the vision from God, we need 
to run with it. Why? Because there's an urgency, beloved. There's a multitude standing in the valley of decision, desperately needing to hear about the vision that God has given us and the church. They need to know the, God, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whosoever believes in him will not die but have eternal life. For God did not come into the world to condemn the world but to save the world. John 3, 16, 17. Friends, one of the foundations for a healthy church is a God-given vision. Without it, the church will, wrong, will run amok, as we read. Without a solid foundation, no person or building can stand. We want a strong, healthy church. Therefore, we must receive the vision and run with it. God's vision for Pontevedra Church is to love him, to love people, and to grow Christ's disciples. His Holy Spirit will sustain us and enable us to implement the vision. We need to work together in order to make it happen. As we read the Bible every day, are you doing it already? Tell the truth. You got your bookmarker? You're sitting on your green chair or under your tree and reading the word every morning? Okay. So as you read it every day, let us open our eyes and our ears to his voice and listen. How does God want us to use the property next door? How does God want us to make disciples in this community? How does God want us to continue to alleviate suffering in our community and beyond? The church needs to go out. We come in on Sundays to get equipped, to get fed, to celebrate and worship his goodness. And then we go out into the community to share the good news of the gospel. Truth be told, each and every one of us are here because someone invited us, because the Holy Spirit convicted us, because we were driving around and saw the sign. I pray over that sign every week because the Bible promises, if you lift me up, I will draw all men, children, to me. I pray, Lord, as they're driving by, 
draw them in. As they look on the website, draw them in. Let's dream new dreams, beloved. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and follow his example. The Bible says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. It's a new year. It's time for new dreams, new possibilities for our own personal lives, for our families, and for the life of the church. Let us pray. Father God, today we stand before you as your vessels. We want to be filled by you, Holy Spirit. Oh, come, Holy Spirit. Sweet comforter, open our eyes. Help us to see glimpses of your glory. As Jesus tells us, open your eyes and look around you. The fields are ready for the harvest. Father, I pray that everyone here this morning and at the sound of my voice will open their eyes and see all the great things that you have for us this year. Yes, there will be difficult times. It's life and it's a broken world. But you will be with us every step of the way. You will lead us with your staff. And you will always prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And your goodness and your mercies will follow us all the day of our lives. And we will dwell in your presence forever and ever again. We open ourselves to you, almighty God. Give us a new vision. Give us new dreams. We open our ears. We want to hear your voice in our hearts. We open them to you. We want to obey you. Give us today a spirit of obedience. I come against complacency. I come against boredom in Jesus' name. Laziness. Activate us, O Holy Ghost. Help us to be like Jesus. Help us to wait on you. Help us to know when to move and when to sit it out, waiting on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. Our prayer for this year is, be thou our vision. Help us to become a healthy and strong church. In Jesus' name, amen.